just continue on in the same same vein of message as last week on the path to wisdom. I want to make it really practical today. One of the good things about being in my house is I get to have my whiteboard with me. I don't know if that's officially a whiteboard. No, it's not. It's something like that. There's a whiteboard behind there. So weird how silence on like seems like a long, long time, right? <laughs> so you know, when I got done last week, I was uh, I forgot to. I forgot how I was going to start out, why wisdom is important to me. Because wisdom is important to me. It's been important to me in my life. And I was talking to Steve. And Steve and Mike are really good with incorporating story. But I'll, I often get just to write to where I'm going to teach without story. But wisdom has been so important to me because I have lacked wisdom in most of my life. I've lacked the, the, the I'm going to go through this. I stayed ignorant in a lot of things. When I had knowledge, I didn't have a lot of understanding of how to put it together. So for me... I felt like I didn't understand the world. I felt like I didn't, um, I, 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 I had some knowledge about relationships, but I was confused in what a relationship looked like and how it worked out. I don't mean marriage. I mean, since I was a kid, I've been confused about relationships. I dropped out of high school after ninth grade because I was confused about relationships and how it worked to be on, I mean, I was on a football team uh, in junior high, then in ninth grade, and I did all those activities at church and had friends, but it was always like a um, uh, struggle for me being confused about how relationships worked. And so um, what I did is I actually began to seek out in Proverbs, which is a book of wisdom, um, how things look and how I can ask for wisdom and how I can expect wisdom. And then wisdom or knowledge has become important to me because I, I, I flunked third grade. California Public Schools, um, I think I was going to Canoga Park, California, which is up near Agora, and my parents found out I couldn't read, found out my siblings weren't doing well in public school. So like in 19, this must have been like 1971, 72, they pulled me out of school, all of us, and put us all in public schools. And I stayed in third grade for a second year, and I learned to read in third grade. And I've been reading and trying to overcompensate maybe for a long time since then. But in general, how to navigate life, I've lacked a lot of wisdom. I've lacked a lot of understanding. So the more I've stayed with Christianity and the more I've like worked um, on my life and allowed God to work on my life, the more I realize is that we can turn to Scripture, and Scripture literally does have every answer for us for relationships, for finances, for physical health, for decision-making, for character, for values, for everything. And But what we do is we often get stuck in Christianity on the rules to get right instead of surrendering ourselves to a new king and to a new kingdom. Yeah. So we want to know, can I do this or can I not do this? Just tell me, but we don't seek out the rules of the kingdom and we don't seek out the heart of the new king of the new kingdom that we're now in uh, under the governance of. And so when our attention is focused on getting things right, then we miss the forest for the trees. Now, that means we can't see the big picture, the big beauty of the gospel, the big beauty of surrender, the big beauty of the kingdom, because we're focusing on one tree. And as I wrote that down this, today as I was thinking about it, in some cases, 
We miss the entire forest because we keep looking at one rotting leaf on the ground. And we figure it out and we study it, but it's, we're missing so much about what the kingdom's about. And our focus on when we're on the journey and we're seeking abundant life that was promised to us, that abundant life starts the minute you come into the family. You're not waiting till you die to enter into abundant life. It starts now. But it's a journey from, this abundant life is a journey from ignorance, I was blind, but now I see into knowledge. But then in order to move into abundance, we have to go from knowledge to understanding to wisdom. So ignorance, I don't know something, is solved by knowledge, I now know something. But knowledge itself is a power, knowledge itself is potential power, okay? But power comes when I begin to understand or understand how all of these bits of knowledge works together and then power is really in wisdom where I begin to apply those things. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to talk in very simple, like I'm going to give three examples. I'm going to work through three examples, kind of like as a life coaching type thing, okay? I'll, I'll life coach you all cool. this morning, all right? <laughs> and um, no, I'll, I'll give some examples, but I'm going to talk about money in these four areas, about relationship in these four areas, and about spirituality or spiritual growth in these four areas. And we, I'm going to use similar to the same uh, verse I used last week. I used more verses than I, uh, I'm going to right now. I'm going to just use the one. Uh, but I want to talk about, first word, right here, most of us, when it comes to Christianity, to our faith, get stuck right here in knowledge. And we think that knowledge is where it's at. So we actually correct people in their lives based on something we know, but something we don't understand and something we're not even applying. We want to be people of wisdom so that we're, we're correcting, we're helping, we're leading people from an area of, I am doing this, follow me even as I follow Jesus. Most of us, again, are up here, we're correcting, and this is where we get judgmental. Scripture says that... To just know knowledge itself will puff us up, will make us proud. It'll actually stick our, we'll stick our chest out, and we bump into a lot of men and a lot of people, a lot of Christians, whose chests are puffed out because they know something. And they're looking down on people that don't know what they know, even if that person has found some keys to understanding and are walking in wisdom. It's a real interesting thing. This is a place where we can judge easily somebody who's doing something because we think we know more than they do. And we might actually have more information, but we haven't walked it out. We've, so, we've no, shown no faith, no trust in God. We haven't risked anything. We're not becoming who we are called to be. We have to move into wisdom to become who we're called to be, not just to know a lot. All right? And again... When I realized that I wasn't a very good student, when you flunk third grade, um, you're already then a year behind, and you dropped out of high school, then you're already then you're, you're further behind. So I started gaining knowledge, but you soon find that knowledge is pretty empty by itself. So we've got to move through this path, all right? Now I want to read out of um, out of well John eight thirty two. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I was, in, I, was, I was blind, but now I see it's the truth. I see Jesus, and then there's a deepening or a furthering of this truth that comes through there. All right, and then it says in Hosea 4, verse 6, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. 
And so we hear that, and we just don't get a bunch of knowledge. But in verse 1 in Hosea 4.1, this is what it says. Hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites, because the Lord has a charge to bring against you who live in the land. The charge the Lord has to bring against them in the land, the Israelites, is they're not listening. They're not hearing. And so when we sit right here and we're like, and we keep saying, well, I know that. Some of you today, when I talk about abundance or I talk about finances, you're going to, in your mind, your mind's going to tell you, I already know that. <clears throat> I, already know, I already know all this puffs up. But you don't understand how it's puffing up in your life. You don't understand how it's actually showing up as opposite of wisdom in your life. All right? So our, our brains like to already know. They don't want to be challenged. So, but when we're like in this, in this Hosea 4.1, we're guilty of not hearing. We have knowledge, but then we keep hearing. We keep listening. We keep listening until we understand. We keep listening until our understanding turns into action. So I want you to think about those things as we're going forward here talking about these areas, okay? Any questions so far? There's a bit of a summary in that addition, so I'm going to come up here. Now, money, relationships, and spiritual, going from ignorance to knowledge to understanding to wisdom, all right? I'm not going to have enough space to write in, in a bunch of those areas there, but that's okay. But I want to see how we can actually plug in, we can plug in what we where we are in life into some of these areas, okay? So... <clears throat> and by the way, there's no difference for a Christian between getting wisdom when it comes to our finances, getting wisdom when it comes to relationships, getting wisdom when it comes to our spiritual life. They're all connected, body, soul, and spirit. So if I'm pursuing it right and I'm listening to God and he's moving me from ignorance to knowledge, from understanding to wisdom, then... I am learning something about his heart that is then able to be applied to relationships, is able to be applied to my physical body, is able to be applied to spirituality. What we do, we often teach a very narrow slice. This is God's heart about finances, and that's it. And we go and we try to bust it, we try to get finances right because we, we really truly like money, and we, most of us want to have more, all right? So as Christians, there's not, we, don't, we don't have to divide everything. No, we divide it in order to talk about it. I could have had money, relationships, physical health. Those are the top three problems people constantly go to counselors, life coach, and pastoral carers. Money, relationships, and physical care. Their, their, their body, their sickness, their disease, their fatigue, whatever's going on in their life. Weight loss is the biggest out of that. And weight loss and finances usually outweigh relationships. If you're going to go at the, at the end of the year when the, for the goals for 2021 or to this year, it's using money and it's using weight loss. And not just physical health. Because we, we don't think abundance when it comes to money. We think not being in debt. We don't think being physically fit when it comes to, to our goal or to our weight. We think just lose weight. We don't think have a thriving marriage. We just think don't get divorced. Mm -hmm. But in abundance, it's not just, it's not just lose 30 pounds, it's thriving your body. That's abundance. Mm -hmm. Abundance means more and more and more and more. So, so what we're going to do, so tell me something that you're ignorant of when it comes to money. You can just whisper it so nobody knows who you are. 
What are you ignorant about when it comes to money? Um, investing for the future. Okay. Budgeting. So now, now, you guys do have some knowledge of that, but you're still admitting that you have a lot, there's a lot of ignorance in that area. So what we want to do is we want to move, we want to move this to down here to how to get knowledge. And what happens is a lot of Christians then start praying for knowledge. But this isn't the knowledge part that the Lord is going to give you. What you need to do is that the number one way we gain knowledge is to read or listen to something new. Something specific, something intentional. And, 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 and we might be already having some knowledge, okay? But as soon as we get actionable uh, knowledge, I mean, knowledge that we can start piecing together and understanding, we've got to start moving into this understanding realm. How does it work together? How does it function? How does it operate? Let's just go with budgeting. Budgeting is super simple. You have one page. You have knowledge on it. You get help from Dave Ramsey. You start understanding how it works together. You start understanding how it's healthy. And then as soon as you understand it, as soon as you have an understanding, you've got to act down here. Wisdom is always action. Wisdom. Knowledge isn't wisdom. Understanding isn't wisdom. Wisdom is I got it down enough that I'm acting upon it. What we like to do, we like to get a bunch of knowledge and a bunch of understanding and keep collecting knowledge and understanding before we act. We keep getting knowledge and understanding before we act. And then so, therefore, we're not risking it. We're not growing here. And what we talked about last week is every time we understand something, we start to act upon it, we start then realizing where we're ignorant. As soon as you start work, act, as soon as you start living on a budget, what you're going to realize is I'm ignorant in a lot of areas. What you can realize is I didn't understand how hard it is to live on a budget. I didn't understand how hard it is for me to say no to myself. I didn't understand that, that I have things in me that stop me from acting in wisdom, okay? The same with investing in the future. When it comes to money, now I have a great investing in the future story. I started investing too late. Well, investing and working on your money is kind of like when should you plant, what the best time to plant trees? Yesterday. The best time to have invested yesterday, okay? But the next best time is right now. And so what we do is, is we start getting knowledge. I listened to and read, I read an article basically every day for a year, 365 articles all around finances. I started listening to a specific group of people that were educational. I began to grow in my understanding. This is what's cool. As soon as we grow in our understanding and we're walking this with Jesus, this isn't without the Holy Spirit. This is all Holy Spirit driven. It's not you're looking for quick get get rich quick. You're looking for something specific. And what happens is, is all of a sudden you have like this understanding. And on June 17th, uh, 2012, after an entire year, I had already had a, a couple years before that, with the Lord really working on me, I made my first investment. I made my first tangible investment in the future. And I actually just sold that stock because we we got we had to pay some taxes on it. But it had leveled out, it got sold, stuff like that. So um man, and it felt good mm -hmm. to make mm -hmm. an increase. 
I made a 10 times increase on that one. That's not there. But I, I've learned. But this is what's cool. As you begin to understand the knowledge, you begin to understand yourself. This is how the Lord wants to bless me. What we used to do is we'd go plunk something in here. I'll buy a program. I'll do what Bob did. And we're like, oh, it doesn't work. You know, you've got that Robinhood app now that you can buy stocks in Victoria. I bought some, I put one in Victoria's name. She's got fractional stocks of things that she likes. Mm -hmm. Like she likes Lululemon. No, is that the is that the Lego thing? Yeah, so she always wants to go to Lululemon. It's like if you're gonna buy something that expensive, you have to use your own money. And we got that, so I'm reading a little bit more on the people. So there's a bunch of people on that app now that have never invested. And Kodak stock went up like from, I don't know. Dollars under ten dollars, like fifty or sixty dollars, and this guy bought it, and he lost like twenty-eight thousand dollars because it all came back down to reality. It's a whole long story why it did that, but this is he, what he said was, "Oh, so that just proves that the stock market is just like gambling." Okay, so what he did is he took knowledge, he acted on it way faster than he had any understanding, which was is not wisdom because passion. Without wisdom is foolishness. Mm -hmm. So he saw the market. So he jumped in here. But now what he's doing, he's taking this new knowledge from experience, which isn't very good knowledge. And he's having this whole new understanding where he won't walk in wisdom and he won't secure his future anymore. All right? So this next one. So tell me what you're ignorant of when it comes to relationships. <laughs> You guys know everything. Yeah. I mean, just consistent, open communication. Okay. I would put communication in there for me when people ask me, you know, what do you wish you would have known or about marriage? I'm like, that we speak different languages. Mm -hmm. Even though it's both English for us, it's really difficult. So, where, where, where in relationships do you have some knowledge? Uh, books? No, but you, you specifically, oh. like, where do you have known? What, oh. what do you know about relationships? Something that you can say in one or two or three words. <laughs> okay, so here's something, we, yes. here's something we can do. We'll just take this. Consistent, I, I'm ignorant of how to have consistent open communication, but you have some knowledge in it's important. Right. That, but this is what happens, okay? So it's important, the above is important, all right? But it's important, but I don't do the work to gain more knowledge. Mm -hmm. I don't do the work. In fact, I allow my personality to be, I'm just not good at it, I just don't like to do that. Now, I'm an open, consistent communication person to, 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 to a wrong level. Like, it's like more <laughs> cowbell, please. I mean, I, I want to go straight there with people around me, and I had to learn that that is my knowledge for it. That's not always healthy for me and my wife. Mm -hmm. It's not always healthy for people all the time. So I have some knowledge, but I've got to keep gaining and joining that knowledge. And again, it's got to be through reading. It's got to be through um, the being single number seven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> things like that with my best bonus ministries, those things like that. So we want to move these things down here. And then how much knowledge, if that's, if that's specific, how much knowledge do you need? What we do as humans and what we do as Christians is our brain tells us 
this is true, but it sounds super hard. So I'll just keep, I'll just keep deflecting or not having consistent open communication. On my part is, I'll just keep hoping my wife is okay with open, consistent, strong communication. All right. Both are, are not healthy because there's a there's a way to come into and walk into that in wisdom. All right. So if you start studying, you start reading here, you start listening, asking good questions of God and others, then what happens? You have an understanding of how it's hurting your relationships. All right. It actually might be hiding what we call hiding in silence and also hiding out loud because somebody who's really good or likes consistent open communication might be just hiding behind their louder words behind their more intensity behind their more freedom but still hiding hoping that the other person never has consistent open communication because then that means that, that something needs to happen all right you can realize you're hurting, you can realize you're hiding, you can realize, man, I understand how healthy this will make me and my marriage. It's not even just about marriage, it could be anything. And then, when you get that understanding, you have to apply it. What would an application or walking in wisdom and relationship would look like? I am going to choose to have an open conversation with that person, all right? And it could be I'm going to choose that and we're going to set a timer. My wife and I have done this. It works real. We're only going to talk for 30 minutes. Then it's over. We're not going to talk the rest of the day about it. We're going to get together. We're going to talk about something right here. So talking and leading into that conversation, and as soon as you do that, you will realize how ignorant you are mm -hmm. and how uncomfortable you are in it, right? And how hard that is. And, man, I, why would anybody want to do this? How can this even be healthy? It doesn't feel good to me. And you'll want to come back up here and claim ignorance again. You want to come back up here and claim um, uh, that you need more knowledge. A lot of times, though, like that guy who bought this Kodak stock, mm -hmm. we try something, we act, all right, and it doesn't go well. So we go and then we, we switch all the knowledge that we had and said this is going to be healthy. I don't want to hide anymore. I don't want to hurt my relationship anymore. We then cross this out. And we say, I have a new understanding. I should not engage in consistent open communication. So we actually declare that our ignorance is actually the wise saying. We do that a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. All right. So any questions up to that point? Just text them in to me. All right. So spiritually. Now make this... Uh, See, what, what we do a lot of times as Christians is we make things super fuzzy or super broad-based, mm -hmm. all right? But when we're talking about money, we have to narrow it down. Where, where am I ignorant? And mostly we can find out where we're ignorant by where we are in pain. Wherever you're in pain, lack, confusion, whoops, hopelessness, these are all areas where we're ignorant. Because if you're hopeless now because of what's going on today, then you're ignorant of what Scripture is really telling us about. You're ignorant of the story of the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. All right? So when it comes to anything you're looking at to walk this path of wisdom, whether it's money, relationships, or spiritual, 
we've got to get clear where we're in pain or where we're ignorant. All right, tell me where you're ignorant. You might not want to, but tell me where you're ignorant spiritually. Consistent prayer in life. Okay. That's super specific. All right. Right, so I'm going to take this in a little bit different direction. We'll just have this one. Is to think about that consistent prayer life, all right? So what we know is, is you have some knowledge from somewhere that says you have to have a consistent spiritual prayer life, all right? Mm -hmm. But in you're assuming that it looks a certain way, that you're not operating in that way. So sometimes we're thinking I'm ignorant, but we're only ignorant because we've had some knowledge that somebody shared with us that we should have a prayer life that looks like this, okay? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you should have a consistent prayer life, but you have to ask yourself, and each of us in a different area, we have to ask yourself, is that right for me? Is that a, a scriptural thing for me to have a consistent prayer life? I would say yes, it is, but then what does that look like? Does that look like 30 minutes of prayer a day, 5 minutes of prayer a day, keeping my heart attuned to Him every day? What does that look like? So then we go and we try to gain, so you have some knowledge here. But you have some knowledge here that you, that you want to, that you should, but you also have some probably some wrong information that says it has to look like this. Mm -hmm. And that's where we have better preaching and teaching than we've ever had probably in the history of humanity. You have, you have access to it on your phone. And this is the thing is, is that most of us, that just gives us knowledge to then go judge ourselves. I'm not in a good prayer life. I don't read my Bible enough. I don't know enough. God is never telling you that you're, you're not doing something enough out of a shameful way. I think what he's saying is, Mike, if you want, if you want a better, if you want, if you want this abundance down here, if you want this abundance, your ears got to be attuned to me more. Okay? I think that's in every area. So, we want to invest in your future because you know it's coming. Something's happening. So when the God's talking to you, it's really like, hey, look, if you really want to, you really want to stay on budget, you really want to um, invest in your future, you've got to be listening to me, listening to what you know, listening to what you think you understand, and listening to how you're acting. And I will tweak these things for you, okay? And so when it comes to a consistent prayer life, get some knowledge on it. What does a consistent prayer life look for me in this season? Because we forget that. So I've been, I got baptized in 1969, so it's like, what, 40, 41 years. No, it's, is it 41 years? No, it's 51 years. I've been baptized. Baptist, Van Nuys First Baptist, 51 years now. Been in church a long time, almost all of that since I was 13. Um... But what you forget is those seasons. Sometimes it is time to really to pray from a list. I've had two-page lists, Roman numeral doubt, that I pray over and pray over and pray over. And I had notes and I had notes and I had notes. I've had a piece of paper like this with, um, with a topic up here. And I pray and I just write everything up here as I'm praying for all week. And this is the first thing I do when I, when I get home from when I got home from work. I, so there's different seasons of different ways you pray. But... You can be ignorant of a season that you're in where the Lord's really want to say, hey, I want to talk to you all day at work mm -hmm. to give you favor at work, to open your eyes at work. Mm -hmm. 
Or hey, I want you to I want you to hear yourself by hearing me. And so what we do, we need to get maybe some specific knowledge of what you look like, what you want from it, and what God wants to talk to you and do do in you. The, the truth is almost almost nobody very few people in the church are having a consistent prayer or Bible study or Bible reading life. Mm -hmm. And that's something we don't talk about because we just give them good teaching all the time. And then to move from okay, I'm ignorant in this, I'm gonna get some I'm gonna get some knowledge, and I'm gonna understand how to apply that. How does it work together? What does prayer actually do for you? Most of us don't know. Mm -hmm. We just are like, I should have a consistent prayer life. But we don't know that it's constantly tuning us up. It's like that tuning fork. I don't know. Do you, when you play guitar, do you tune it while you're going? I mean, the strings are a lot better now. But you see in the 70s, everybody's always tuning their guitar between sets and stuff like that. And, and so you're, it's like always tweaking us. So we might, we might um, not even understand what God wants to do in a time of prayer through us. I mean, I've had where meditation... In fact, I talked to a buddy of mine. I'm like, meditation is the dumbest thing ever. To sit, set my timer for 15 minutes and go, okay, God, I'm here. <laughs> I'd be falling asleep. I'd be writing the grocery list in my mind. I'd be solving the afternoon's problem. I'd be working on a message in my head. Everything except for meditation. I'd take, choose one phrase of the scriptures I'm going to repeat. And I would, I would forget it in like minutes because your mind is... And, um, but this is what he said. I thought it was really good. It's just like working out every day. It's like it might take you 30 days or 60 days or 90 days to see something, but something's happening. And you keep eating well because you know, you understand over here, although there, I don't have health here, but you understand on the health part that this knowledge applied is I'm going to lose weight. Scientifically, I'm going to lose weight. Scientifically, numerically, uh, statistically, I'm going to gain more money. I'm going to have more money. If I budget, I, I have this knowledge, I understand that I'm going to actually have more money to spend and to give away and have more financial freedom and freedom in my mind. But it's over here, too. So my meditation, I knew I was ignorant. I felt like the Lord telling me that that was an important spiritual discipline that I, I just totally ignored and lacked and thought it was silly. I started learning to do it, but I, and I immediately started practicing it. And what practicing did is realize... I'm really bad at this. I don't like it. Why would God want me to do something I don't like to do? And over time, I got better and better and better at it. And actually, this last six weeks or so or more, I've added breathing to it. Which sounds dumb, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm, learning, I'm doing some breathing exercises while I'm talking to God or listening to the Lord. So when you have this understanding, then you start applying it more. And when you start applying it, it'll work out differently for you. All right, any questions up to there? Yeah, well, what would you say is the biggest or one of the biggest reasons why people stop at understanding and don't move into action oh. and walking in wisdom? Okay, I'm discussing this. <laughs> I think it's good, though. I think it just... All right, so that's a great question. So why do people stop understanding? Because that's exactly what we do. Mm -hmm. All right? So, there's no risk. There's no apparent risk here. Actually, there's, there's probably risk being ignorant. You, I, I always say you pay for ignorance. I, had, I paid $150 to have someone look at my garage door opener, and they never fixed it. They left. They said they fixed it. I said, you didn't fix it. It's, this is exactly what happened last time. 
I had to go hire another guy. Because that guy, my ignorance, I didn't know what to tell him, how to describe it, how to pay for ignorance. Okay, there's no risk here. There's no risk here. In fact, I'm going to put there's no risk here. There's not no risk. It's just a lot easier to stay in ignorance mm -hmm. than it is to start knowing something. Mm -hmm. Because when you start knowing something, you start judging yourself. When you're ignorant, you don't judge yourself. A new believer doesn't say, I should, should pray more. Until he hears people say, what, you don't pray every day? Or you don't read your Bible, or you don't do this? There's no, this is where all the risk sets in, right here on your action. This is where fear really come, really is made manifest. This is where you can be embarrassed. This can be where Rejected. I invested money and it didn't work. I ate right for a whole month. I didn't lose a pound. I gained two pounds. I, I did, you know what I mean? I, 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 I meditated for 20 days in the last 30 days. It did nothing except for irritate me. So there, there's a risk. And then people can say, well, you don't have to meditate. That's new agey. And that's kind of how I grew up, you know, when you start hearing meditation. Or now breathing. Breathing is just a, doing breathing exercises while you're, you know, talking to God or listening to God. That's just silly. Until you go have an understanding, get some knowledge about the breath of God. Mm -hmm. Breathing into our nostrils, not our mouth. You know, and then you have an understanding. It, it begins to connect. So I think that that fear, that risk that comes right in here, that application is really hard. Really hard. And I think also here, we don't realize how much we want to stay in our habits. We want to spend our money the way we've always spent our money. And then when we begin to say, I now know something different, I now understand why that's unhealthy for my future, then what we do, we say, now I have to act upon it. And it gets really hard to act upon. It's really hard because then it, it's, it's pushing against me. Mm -hmm. And in, in, in life coaching, we would say, your primitive brain is like, hey, spend whatever you want. You've got to eat. It's cheaper. I hear a lot of people say this. It's cheaper for them to go out to eat than it is for them to cook at home. It's just like, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Or I don't eat out much. I only eat out three or four times a week. But then they can't pay their car note. So it, it's so that 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 primitive brain, but then with your frontal brain, the God, the brain you're talking to God with, you're like choosing this conversation with the Lord, and you begin to decide, I do want to budget, and then there's a fight in there. You can call it primitive brain, your prefrontal cortex, or you can call it old man and new man. It's your flesh and your spirit fighting. It's your flesh and your soul fighting, because your soul's agreeing with your spirit. The man, I want, I want to be good, a good steward with my finances. And um, it keeps deepening it. For me on this area, what started me exposing my ignorance is I was always I was always budgeting. I was never making very much money. I was never investing in the future. I wasn't thinking about my financial situation. But God began to change my knowledge based on stewardship. Because I always had the stewardship with my time. So I was really good with getting stuff done and working work on a calendar. But then as you begin to give me knowledge here... It exposed the ignorance of my finances, of, 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 of increasing my income, of investing for the future, of setting money, in the, money aside for a long, long time, mm -hmm. um, 10, 20, 30 years in the future, and then it began to change my understanding. So that's just a cool thing that once you start gaining knowledge in somewhere, if you're listening while you're gaining knowledge, it'll expose more ignorance. And we should, we should want our ignorance exposed. Mm -hmm. We don't like it. But we should want it, and we should be okay with that. But that's a great question. I'm gonna. Do you have a thought on that as to why it's so hard to move from understanding to wisdom? 
Yeah, I, I, well, the fear part, um, and then like you said, breaking breaking those habits are like yeah. it's one of the hardest things you can do because it's so ingrained. It and then is. because a lot of times, like you said, when we we go back and decide, we believe this. Well, you know, we we form a core belief, I guess, based on a lie. We do. And then all of a sudden, everything's shifted. So that's good. So here's I'm, I'm gonna actually. So here here's what happens. We base our core beliefs based on a lie. Mm -hmm. So I'm ignorant. And it's, it's, my ignorance is hidden in a core belief, in an unhealthy core belief. Mm -hmm. It's not producing the life I'm actually praying for. Because this, this is our prayer life. We're usually not praying, God, let me know more. We're usually thinking, God, give me more. Give me more influence. Give me more ministry. Give me deeper relationships. Give me, you know, uh, a greater connection to your spirit. But we do, we, 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 we have this core belief that's unhealthy. That actually every knowledge we get has to go through this funnel, this filter of core belief. Mm -hmm. So then we have an understanding again that's wrong mm -hmm. about what God wants to see in relationships. So therefore, we're constantly acting or creating our habits that oppose the very abundance that we're praying for. And last week I taught a little bit on that that we, we start praying for things that God is actually telling us to do. And we're, we're, we believe he's doing the majority of everything, mm -hmm. but then we walk out of our honor, I mean, out of our trust and faith that he's working through those things also. Yeah, and that's like the, the power behind the lies of the enemy because it doesn't just take away, it doesn't just give us wrong information. It actually takes away that whole bottom area of right. living out in whatever God wanted, that's living right. out in wisdom, and yeah. it affects our whole life. Yeah, that. that's good to think about that. That's where if you have any... If you, if you have any lack down here, mm -hmm. then you're lacking wisdom. And you ask for wisdom, but then we go cast out demons. Mm -hmm. But the demons already planted the seeds of this core belief, mm -hmm. this core vein of thinking that we filter all that we hear through Scripture. All right? Mm -hmm. And then we're, all, then we're always coming to this same result. Mm -hmm. So, that's good. All right, so I'm going to close right there. If I teach on this again, I will try to answer that question. Or I'll have you answer it when you teach again. So, where are you on your finance journey today? Where are you on your relationship journey? Where are you on your spiritual growth, your spiritual abundance journey? Then you have to ask yourself, where do I want to be? Where does God want me to be? When you figure that out, where do I want to be? Because I think God wants to be where you want to be. All right, I think he wants to take you to these places. Then start backing it up and go through some of these things and... Maybe talk with somebody and be really specific about, about what's going on in some of these areas. And you will find that wisdom. And I, I'm not going to share them today, but there's lots of scriptures about if you lack wisdom, ask for it. And where you're weak, say that you are strong. Um, I, I started doing that with some, with some de declarations. Man, I've got, I have an answer for everything. Back in 2002, I took over a church. It was a mess. And I just thought, all right, this is my land. I, I, I have an answer for everything. Every problem that comes my way, every person, every financial problem, every legal problem, I have an answer. Not because I'm smart, not because I have a ton of knowledge, but because he's guiding me and I have enough knowledge to step out and to walk in some wisdom. All right, so Father, we, we thank you for this day. I just ask that you bless us, body, soul.